Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Robert Rubin was the 70th U.S. Treasury Secretary. That, after being the first director of the White House Economic Council, co-senior partner at Goldman Sachs, senior counselor and board member of Citigroup, and now author of The Yellow Pad, Making Better Decisions in an Uncertain World. Mr. Secretary, thank you for being here. After all that accomplishment, the only question that remains is this. Are you the same Robbie Rubin who was in the fourth grade class at the North Beach Elementary School? Yes or no? (laughs) Michael, a complicated question. I would say yes and no. Who was Mrs. We were when we were kids, and in my case, that is particularly true in certain respects and other respects. I think that I've changed or at least grown within the, the, the potential that I had genetically and you know, nature nurture from when I was a young kid. Who was Mrs. Collins and why am I bringing this up? Well, when I was a very young kid, 
I lived in New York and I went to a school here and I fell way behind my class. I couldn't read when other people could, or at least I couldn't read very well. And then we moved to, to Miami Beach in uh, what became my fourth grade, and Mrs. Collins was my teacher. And I don't know exactly why, Michael, but I, I changed from being a slow reader and way behind, way behind, at least behind my class. And I started doing very well. And I, I've always thought to myself that there was something Mrs. And she was my teacher in fourth and fifth grade. There was something that she somehow or other bridged around or, or brought out in me. And so I became, and then by the time I got to sixth grade and we had these uh, tests of some sort or other that everybody had to take, it was a state regents test, but for sixth grade kids, not, not high school kids. And I came out in the top 1% or something, whatever that, whatever it was they were measuring, I came out in the top 1%. So she somehow or other managed to bring something out that I guess had been within me, but didn't manifest itself until then. And so here you are now, later in life, work teacher can really mean. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And I'll bet that people who are listening to our conversation are right now thinking to themselves, I hope they are, that they similarly had an epiphany moment in their education with with an educator. But but later in life, you're in the White House and you get a letter and it asks you that question and it causes you to think deeply about the different paths that your life could have taken. Correct. And is exactly right, and ultimately that reflected itself well, many years later, of course, in the book that I wrote. And but one of the things that I've always been aware of, Michael, and I, I have been fortunate in my life, and I've had a, you know, with my external standards, at least a pretty good career. But luck has played a major role. And it's interesting. I was having a discussion the other day with some very, very well-known TV figure, and we both said to, you know, we said to each other, you know, luck had played a big part in each of our lives. It didn't mean that there weren't other characteristics that contributed to things working out the way they did. And a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that, Michael, and I think one reason is because they think it it uh, diminishes them in some way, but I don't think it diminishes you at all. I just think it's recognizing reality, and I think it also makes you more empathetic to or sympathetic to or relate better to the people who've done and had much more difficulty in terms of external circumstances and try to be helpful to, to other people. But you, you also talk in the book about possessing your words, energetic curiosity, that's an innate skill or talent, right? That was something you were born with, don't you think? You know, I, I, obviously I'm not a, a neuroscientist, but yeah, I, I do think so, Michael. I think I've always had it, well, I don't know about when I was a really little kid, but yeah, I think I, somebody said to me the other day that I work with, who was very, well, he runs our firm, <laughs> uh, I'm a senior counselor, that I just have a, a never-ending curiosity, and I, I guess I kind of do, and it goes with a questioning mindset, which I also well, have. Well, one of the subjects in the book about which, and you tell this story that I found really interesting, where you, you're you giving an example of your energetic curiosity, the issue of, is the United States losing its sense of having a shared set of values? And you pursued that with with some some very high profile colleagues, not for professional purpose, but out of a an intellectual curiosity. By the way, what's the answer that Robert Rubin gives to that question? Is the United States losing its sense of having a shared set of values? I, I think it's very troubling, Michael. There was a poll recently that reported that in let's see it was 1998 i believe something like 80 percent of the american people thought patriotism was important to them as a value and today or i guess it was a few months ago whenever the next poll was taken whatever this most recent poll that 90 that 70 percent became 32 percent i think i think it's a very troubling question but as i say in the book 
you can recognize all of the tragedies of our of our history, slavery being the obvious one, the racism being another, the related one, and still have respect for and, and regard for and relate to the, the principles that our founders set out and the aspiration to accomplish them. And in that, the book, that should be our national identity. In the book, there's a similar statistic that you cite. You say that in February of 99, 71% told Gallup that they are satisfied with the way things are going for the country. On the weekend that I read your book, NBC, pardon me, ABC came out with a brand new survey showing 76% today believe the opposite, that we're headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. Oh, they've been for quite some time now, Michael. The, the right track, wrong track has been about 25 right track, wrong track, 75. Look, the answer, the reality is this country has immense strengths. I would rather be investing in this country or engaging in economic activity or work in this country than any other major economy in the world. But, and I think what I'm about to say reflects itself in what you just said, we have enormous challenges and policy challenges we have to meet, and that comes to our political system and our political system. I mean, Biden has some very serious accomplishments, really serious accomplishments. But having said that, the predominance of our, our policy challenges have not been met because of our political system and its dysfunction. And I think that our political system is functionality. And then as a separate but related matter, the 24 election are, are the most are, are foundational to what our country is going to be in the future. Robert Rubin is the author of a brand new book. It's called The Yellow Pad, Making Better Decisions in an Uncertain World. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 
at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. I, I want to know how, cons- I mean, Robert Rubin has led and still is leading a life of a tremendous accomplishment. On a one to 10, how alarmed are you about the issues we're right now discussing? Democracy, future of the country, problems that we face as a nation. I would divide that into two categories, if I may, Michael. In terms of our political system and its functionality and its future, um pretty up there. I mean, I don't know whether I'm 8, 9, or 10, but I'm, I'm in that category. In terms of the issues that we face, like climate change and equality and continued strong growth and so forth, we have these immense strengths. I think we have the potential to, do, to be able to do all of that and do very well. But as I say, it comes back, back to our political system. So on those, I would say that in terms of our potential and ability, I would be very, I, I would be, feel very good. But in terms of the probability of our realizing <laughs> The benefits of our strengths, that I think comes back to our political system, and I am deeply troubled about our political system. Now, in answering my last question, when you said that I'm, I'm going to break that into component parts, did you pull out a yellow legal tablet, and did you draw a line down the middle and analyze it thusly? <laughs> it's the way my mind works. Correct. Listen, I'm a, I I'm a yellow – I am – like yeah. you, I am a yellow legal tablet guy. When I, If you have ever watched me on CNN – I'm sitting there always, always with that yellow legal. It's just ingrained in me, although Robert Rubin has now moved on to an iPad. I don't think they work as well. Well, you know, it depends. Okay. My mind works the way that you just described. That is to say, I, 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 sort of, I do think of things in a very probabilistic way, and that started as the book describes, when I took a college course on philosophy and came away convinced that there were, and uh, well, what the professor was trying to get across, I think, was, yes, he wanted us to understand the philosophers, which very often I didn't, although I did extremely well in the course, it turned out, despite not having understood it. But what I took from it was what, he, what I think he was really trying to do is to, is to show us that there were no provable certainties. And I later extrapolated from that to the view that all issues, Michael, and all decisions are really about probabilities. And that shaped my... That that course and that which I took from it shaped pretty much every decision that I've ever made, or at least the every ama- consequential the, decision. The amazing, the amazing part about that story, and, and let's give him a shout-out, Raphael, how do I pronounce the last name, Demos or Demos? Raphael, Raphael Demos, was remarkable. I never met him. You know, it's the strangest thing. He really had an immense impact on my life. Uh, and I, I might add, by the way, that I think that the probabilistic approach that he but I, I took from what he just taught me. It seems to me could apply should apply to everything, everybody, anybody does. And you know, Stan Fisher, who you know, was vice chair of the Fed at one time, once another chairman of the economics at MIT, once said to me, a lot of people recognize that they should be probabilistic, but almost nobody internalizes it. I think that's probably true. 
So he, you learn from this professor how to think about thinking. You learn from this professor that everything is uncertain in life. And I'm glad you just made reference to that. That was, that was a little upsetting to read what an impact he'd had on you, but, but he departed without ever knowing that he'd had such an impact on Robert Rubin or other of your colleagues, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a shame. I, you know, I was, I guess it was a function of my, my psyche or whatever, but I never had the audacity to go up to the front of the room. At least I was a sophomore at the time, go up to the front of the room and just say, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to say hello or something. So I know I never met him, but he really had a profound, look, I'll just repeat what I said a moment ago, but that, that, I think psychologically, Michael, I was probably built to sort of be questioning and skeptical and, and to see things in, in, in terms of uncertainties and complexity. I just think I'm sort of built that way psychologically. But it was his course that really got me on the path to give all that intellectual framework, which then, as I said a moment ago, affected every decision I ever was involved in, or every consequential decision, the Treasury or the Goldman Sachs or anything else I've done in life. Robert Rubin is the author of a brand new book. It's called The Yellow Pad, Making Better Decisions in an Uncertain World. People, I'm sure, want to know a little bit about your management philosophy. And yet in the book, you say that you're skeptical of universal rules of management. You do offer this, quote, you work for the people who work for you. Expand on that. <laughs> I really believe that, and frankly, I picked that up from uh, somebody at Goldman Sachs when I was there. One of the senior partners said to me, you know, it's very important to relate to the people who are working with you, relate to their problems, help them be successful. And if they feel good about what they're doing and they feel good about you and they feel like they're being recognized and given credit where it's due and when they have problems, you, you help them get themselves through the problems, then you'll be successful. And basically we said, just think of it this way. You work for the people who work for you. And I'm in the process right now, I'm in a search committee for a very, very, very big institution. And when we see each of the people that we talk to, I always try to keep in mind, are they going to be uh, authoritarian with the people they work for? Or will they recognize that they will only succeed if those people succeed? So you're you're a former Treasury Secretary of the United States. You spent 26 years at Goldman Sachs. You rose to the co-senior partner level. I referenced Citigroup. So much accomplishment in the financial realm. Here's the question. Do you think you've succeeded because you have a command of data, namely financial, or because, as you're just describing, you have an understanding of people? Well, I don't want to be presumptuous. <laughs> I don't know if I have an understanding of people. But I, although actually, I think I probably do have a reasonably good understanding of people. But no, I look, first place, I think I've been lucky, and I, I could show you if I go back, Michael, and if we had time, which we don't, at each point in my life, places luck have played a real role. But I also think, I mean, look, I, I don't mean to sound braggadocio, but you know, when we had in my 12th grade class, when I was in 12th grade and we took aptitude tests, I was in the top 1% of the state. That was Florida, which is where I grew up. Now, how relevant that may have been or not, I don't know. But at least I had some some sort of aptitude, intellectual aptitude, I guess. But no, I think more than anything else, I think probably I try to be thoughtful, and I sure make some mistakes. And you know, I I can think of plenty of mistakes I've made. But you know, we all make mistakes. But I, I try to be thoughtful, and I try to relate to other people and understand where they're coming from. And I will tell you something, Michael. There have been some important issues on which, when I listened to other people who disagreed with me, I changed my mind. And I think, and then curiosity. And energy. I have a fair bit of energy. Um, so I think all those things sort of came together and life worked out the way it did.
We're not giving it all away for free. Final subject area, fly fishing, a rewarding part of your life for four decades, mainly spent in Montana. Here is the specific question. Have you ever fly fished in the Pennsylvania Poconos? <laughs> well, I've been on Spruce Creek in Pennsylvania, but I don't, that's not the Poconos. So <laughs> I guess the answer to my question would be no. <laughs> wow. Okay. But I well, love fly fishing, and I think it's almost a zen-like experience, at least for me. And well, what is it about it that makes it a zen-like experience? You're a catch-and-release guy. So am I. I respect that. But why is it so zen-like? Are you a good fly fisherman? I'm not, I'm a poor fly fisherman, Mr. Secretary. It's like my golf game. I'm I'm horrible, but I thoroughly enjoy each. <laughs> well, I I think casting a fly rod is an art form, and it's taken me years and years and years to develop what I think is a pretty good cast. So it's the casting, it's the art form. I go bone fishing in the Bahamas, and I don't get to do a lot of it, unfortunately, because I work and stuff like right. that, and right. politics or whatever. But, and I think so, I think it's the casting, I think it's the environment that you do it in, and you put it all together. And at least for me, it, it, it registers, and as I say, you know, I get on the water at nine o'clock, and if I get off at five, I, I don't, the time is just going away, I don't know where it's going. I, I love it. I don't get to do as much as I'd like to, but I really, I really do love it. Okay, well, you have an open invitation. I will host you in the Poconos. It'll be a good day. You will catch more than I will catch. That, that's my commitment. <laughs> I, I, would, I would be delighted, Michael. Uh, good luck with the book. It's called The Yellow Pad, Making Better Decisions in an Uncertain World. Secretary Robert Rubin is the author. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Michael, thank you. Have, have a good day. You too. Thank you, sir. There you go, TC. Honest with him about my golf game and my fishing. I, I heard you loud and clear. I Cleaned up my language. Be, I know. I was shocked. Yeah. You're very respectful, Michael, in front of the secretary. I suck. <laughs> That's what I wanted to tell him. I but I enjoy he, each. I think he would have understood. But I enjoy each. I know you do. And he said it took him years to perfect that. Uh, my father could yeah. cast a, a fly rod. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better. Years. I'm getting better. But yeah, well, same, same thing. There you go. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.